Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 31. I'm one of your hosts, Kip Clark. And I'm Hector Moreira. And today our topic is going to be violence in video games. So, Hector, I want to discuss this because, as we both mentioned, we're avid gamers, or at least enjoy video games. And a big issue, at least as far as many critics are concerned, is that many video games are too violent. And I thought it would be a good discussion to have because I don't know that I have all the answers as to why some games are so gratuitously violent. And there's a lot of issues there, so I want to start with you and ask, when I say violent video games, what comes to mind? I'm glad we bring up this topic today because I've actually been thinking about violent video games a lot recently. Specifically, I was playing Call of Duty the other day. It's one of the newer versions. Somebody, one of my friends got it at GameStop for a cheaper price. And in this new Call of Duty, you can do like double jumping and it's it's supposed to be advanced warfare. So I think it's trying to like match the Halo franchise and in the capabilities you have as your character. And when I was playing that game, I just started thinking about the older variation of Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was one of the first games I had for the Xbox 360. It came with the uh, console system. And what struck me about that game was there's this one level called No Russian. And No Russian is pretty insane when, you know, I reflect on it. It's when when I think about it and that I was playing it. It's kind of crazy to think about. But you go into this airport and you are a American spy who has come in to infiltrate this Russian dude um, who's like this big time terrorist. But the crazy thing about this level is that you just like pull out your weapons out of this elevator and you just shoot up an airport. You can't even run in this level. You have to walk the entire way through and it goes on for like 15 minutes. And even if you choose to never press, you know, the right trigger and never shoot anybody, the NPCs, the characters that are going along with you are shooting up the place. And it's pretty insane. I say it's insane because I never really reflected on it when I was playing it. For me, it was just, you know, I just did it. And why don't you think you reflected on it when you were playing through? Well, see, that's what I've been thinking about. And I was thinking like, well, I see when I think about that game now, I think about how bad it is for kids, for example, to play that. And then I think back to my childhood, and I was playing Doom and Duke Nukem at a very young age. Like at four years old, three years old, I was in my dad's lap watching him play these games or like playing them myself. And in those games, you have like people impaled and people exploding. And it's extremely, it's gratuitous violence. I mean, you're in one of those games, you're in hell or something like that. So it's interesting. It's interesting because it's this extreme form of violence, which you don't even see that often in films even, has taken a home in popular video games today. You know, usually the mature rated games. So I don't know. I I guess I'll return the question to you. When you think of violence in video games, what are some of the first examples you think of? Well, some of the first things that come to mind are video games that, in my opinion, include useless violence or violence that is senseless doesn't have any place in the gameplay and i know that a lot of people would argue that no games should have violence within them but i think games like grand theft auto where for all intents and purposes you play as a civilian granted a civilian with a large bank account and all other crazy resources to sort of use this playground or sandbox environment but you can harm prostitutes you can hurt very innocent people that have no 
context in the game as enemies or people that you need to hurt or kill with violence, but the violence still exists, and I think that's really problematic in those games because you are playing as a civilian, which is a very relatable role that anyone can fantasize about because we are all civilians. But in games like Call of Duty, however ridiculous or upsetting, you're playing as a soldier, and most people don't know what it's like to be a soldier. Obviously, there are soldiers who do know, but yeah, I think of those games as being problematically violent because they depict violence in a very possible way. And I think that it's all about that idea of reality and what we can and can't do. Because there are certain games like The Legend of Zelda or Pokemon that in their own ways depict violence. In Zelda, you're fighting goblins or other fictitious creatures. In Pokemon, for all intents and purposes, it's like dogfighting. You're controlling these monsters of whatever shapes and sizes. It's an interesting way of putting it. Never yeah. thought of it that way. And I, as a child, I never viewed it that way because it's cartoonish and they're sort of using magical abilities like shooting fire or lightning, but they are fighting one another, and I don't think that it's ever viewed that way, and I think it's interesting that as a culture, there are some things that we do view as violence and others that aren't viewed as violent at all, when in fact it's very violent. But I think the ones that are deceptively violent are perhaps the most interesting because it says a lot about how maybe we interpret violence and about how we sort of absorb violence. I'm curious to know on a hypothetical level, why you think a developer of a video game would make it violent? Why do you think that appeals to people? And why do you think those who make video games want to include that type of content? Well, I think one interesting thing to think about is that video games are not that old. They're approximately 35 to 40 years old. Like yeah, maybe 40 years is like when Pong came out or like Absolutely. the first virtual console system. So I think part of this desire to see violence is in part formed by this whole industry which was being formed in creating you know 3d models 3d landscapes and essentially replicating what we see in our normal day-to-day but in a setting that is created entirely out of code i think video games when they started becoming more advanced they wanted to attach stories to them but i think one thing that is just inherent in stories all the way down to Iliad going even further back to like the story of Gilgamesh which we mentioned a few episodes ago violence is just it's so central to human history and I agree yeah it's just like this it's just this you know for us it's more we can kind of reflect on it because we're almost I don't know in this at college at least we can reflect on violence as a concept but if you think about it violence is just so deeply intertwined with human history I think that has something to do with it. My gut reaction when I'm asked why I would play a violent video game as to why I would play it, I think is just because in my head, I'm aware that sites that I'm seeing are simply code, lines of code, like tons of code. It's crazy to imagine how much code there is there. But a lot of work has been made to make an illusion of a reality. And so in this illusion, I see nothing harmful with interacting with the environment in a violent way. But interestingly enough, my dad, for example, when he sees me playing certain video games, it really throws him off when I kill a good guy by accident or something like that. He really doesn't like violence in video games so much, which I think is interesting because violence is also rampant in many of the films we watch, but perhaps because it goes by so quickly or perhaps because we aren't in control, there's less frustration towards that. But uh, what do you think? I agree. I think it's important that you bring up control because I think that two things, and there are many others, that video games promote or allow in those who use them are competence or a sense of competence and a sense of control. And I think that a big part of the 
fantasy for video gamers is that you typically play as characters who are highly skilled and know what they're doing. And so it gives you a sense of control. And in all of our lives, at some point or another, you can't control certain things that happen to you. You can't control the weather, et cetera, et cetera. Your environment is beyond your control. So I think the fantasy that many video games provide is that you do have a sense of control. You're right to point to historical ideas around violence, which is sort of a part of human history in many ways. But I think it's also the idea that we live in a violent world, that evolution has in many ways favored those who are aggressive, and that those tendencies have survived over time. And I think that in many ways, we've valorized heroes in history as being violent or at least strong in combat, let's say. But when we see it in a video game, often a very realistic-looking depiction of our reality, we get uncomfortable because I think we're brought face-to-face -face with what it actually means to kill or to harm another. Personally, I feel like it's a bit hypocritical. I think you make a good point that in our movies, there's often a lot of violence depicted. In fact, recently with American Sniper, it's a different issue and a different argument, but we did valorize this man for being as skilled as he was at taking lives, frankly. There's a political argument perhaps to be had there, but that many people are okay or would even promote movies and entertainment like that, but video games become more problematic. A large part of it is that you are the participant, so people like your father or others who see players of games feel as though the players are participating in some kind of violence. But I think the distinction arises between those who can separate it as reality and those who can't, and I know plenty of people have blame school shootings and other tragic events on video games or other media, but it's all about susceptibility. And I think people like yourself or me could play those games and recognize that the violence is separate from our reality and that we aren't supposed to entertain that or mimic it, but rather sort of witness that other world or that world similar to ours as separate in some way. What do you think about some of those things? I think that the argument that video games cause violence if it's true, it's true in an extraordinarily low number of cases. That's my opinion. That's without looking at any scientific literature about it. But I think that that's silly. I think that humans historically have been violent. We have been a violent species specifically. And that's me thinking from a, a Western perspective of uh, domination, of entering a land and taking what you want by force. That's how America came to be in the first place. So I think that, again, that violence is inherent. But one thing I wanted to talk about, Kip, was going back for a moment to a video game such as Call of Duty, or even to stretch it out further to a game like Halo, the newer ones. One thing that I've heard about is that these, and you know, you kind of feel it yourself, that there is a desensitizing to the act of violence because you are in control of this avatar, of this character and you're performing the violence and the violence is so massive at times involving big shootings and whatnot there is this strange desensitizing especially towards young men who have classically from the 1990s to the early 2000s were the main purchasers and players of video games there's a desensitizing to violence in these games but also there is a factor of, of distraction and for these distractions the reason i bring that up is because i remember and i'm really just remembering this right now there was a commercial for the newest call of duty and in this commercial it takes place from the first person perspective you look over at your comrades and they're saying something like you know go for it go for it you shoot a couple of bad guys with some mega technology and then that model i can't remember her name she was in the blurred lines music video she appears in the middle of this field of combat 
And then she turns out to be a goat or something. I think there's a little joke about that. We glorify this violence. And then on the media, on on the big media and the news, you see all these attacks towards the quote unquote evil and quote unquote bad guys towards America. You know, there's this weird cognitive dissonance that goes on. And I'm kind of just rambling about this violence. But basically what I'm saying is that I sense that there is a desensitization towards violence. And I'm not sure if that's a good thing. And I know from personal experience, a few summers ago, I had to kill a few birds. They had fallen out of their nest. And I had to kill them because we were in New York City and there was nowhere I could take these birds on that day. And it was extraordinarily difficult. It took me a few hours to build up the energy and momentum to actually do. Yeah. I mean, just to take away the lives of these small creatures. So yeah, I I kind of just threw out a lot of information there. Let's go back to the desensitization. What do you think about that? Desensitization is a really interesting topic to bring up in what few classes I've taken or, you know, what little research I've done on how media can affect us. Um, Actually, in a class that I'm currently in on media, a lot of it is about how much context we have. So life experience often balances out what we experience in the media. If you watch a romantic comedy, it makes sense if you actually had romantic relationships in your life against which you can sort of relate. Similarly, if you've lived a lot of your life, let's say multiple decades, and sort of seen a lot of things, certain violence or certain fantastic depictions might not make as much sense because you actually have the context against which to compare what you're experiencing. And so I think there is legitimate reason to worry about children consuming certain media because they don't have that experience. As far as they know, the world could be like what they're seeing in video games and the violence that they're seeing. So I think desensitization, as far as I suspect, and I'm no expert, would happen at an earlier age because people haven't been exposed to what actual violence might look like. And I hope for the sake of anyone listening and anyone out there that people don't experience that violence because it's horrible. But The fact of the matter is that it is often a part of our world, unfortunately. I can understand where you're coming from with feeling really upset about having to kill those birds because you still understand what a life means. And I think that it's because you've had other experiences, but I find it interesting that you did grow up, at least with a young age, exposed to those games. And I'm making the argument that children at a young age are more susceptible. But I think the best way to counteract what might be desensitization is through experience and the reminder that there is reality out there that differs vastly from many games that we play. Obviously, there are, in fact, some games, many of which non-violent, that do reflect reality in a lot of ways. The Sims can often reflect reality, although not perfectly. But also related to what you said about animals, I think it's very interesting because it was one thing that I was thinking about because there are often animals or other species besides humans in video games. And one anecdote that sticks out in my mind, there was a friend of mine in middle school who wasn't allowed to play games in which the protagonist or the player kills human characters his mom wouldn't let him play those types of games but things like star wars or other fantasy environments in which you're fighting let's say aliens his mom was okay with that and i think that says a lot about what we as humans feel is killing and what we feel is sort of natural in evolution i'm not saying that you know killing humans is natural but i just think it's intriguing and in games often people will kill animals there are many games where you hunt i would argue that killing humans is natural by natural i mean a deep 
set biological instinct to survive or connect it to the instinct to survive. No, that's fair. And I think my hesitation to call it natural is uh-huh. probably it's a cultural phenomenon. You don't want to think about that because we'd like to think that we can all live peacefully. And I hear what you're saying. So maybe it is on a fundamental level. I don't want to believe that. But you're totally right that it's and it's been going on, like you said, since historical times and prehistorical times as well. Well, on the subject of violence towards animals and towards aliens, I'm just going to detract from the main topic for a moment Go for it. and just say how disconnected at least Americans in cities are. Or even it's interesting how disconnected we are as students at Kenyan who are not working at a farm or me living in the city. There's such a huge disconnect between our food and the violence that occurs beforehand to kill the animal to create the food. And if you go on YouTube, you can see some of the more horrifying variations of uh, chicken farming and pig farming where they put them in very small cages and sometimes, unfortunately, torture these animals. But to expand on that even further, I just watched a video that Banksy put out on his YouTube page. And this video poses as a travel video, visit a new destination. And in the video, he goes to Gaza through a series of illegal tunnels and he makes a few pieces of artwork in the city. But before he shows those pieces of art, he shows parts of the city, which in certain neighborhoods is completely destroyed. I think there were something like 18,000 homes blown away over the past summer by Israel. And what's fascinating about that is that only after watching that video do I have a grip, do I finally have a grasp of the violence that occurred there. And so there's this huge disconnect in between our food production and also the realities that other people are living, other human beings are living. There's a disconnect in my life and in other Americans' lives between the violence that is truly occurring on the earth and then the violence we allow ourselves to be a part of through electronic entertainment. So I kind of just went on a big tangent there, but what do you think? No, it's fair. I mean, you're totally right. And I think we often don't want to talk about the violence that occurs here on Earth. And that's probably why many video games, although perhaps Call of Duty could be an exception, depict violence that happens elsewhere. But many video games that I've played are historical in nature and don't purport to be completely accurate, but set in historical periods where there was violence, such as World War II. And those are popular games. You could learn a lot just from the statistics of how games sell. Games like Halo and the Halo franchise, which many people have probably at least heard of, even if they haven't played, sell very well. But also, Call of Duty might be one of the leading franchises. There's a reason for that. People, surely the consumers that are buying them, have some interest, whether it's great or small, in violence or in being a character who is, on many levels, violent. They don't try diplomacy. There are plenty of games where you have the option to make a choice to either be diplomatic and maybe, you know, spend more time or more money rather than becoming violent or taking the easy route and fighting your way out of something or creating a combative situation to try and seize victory. But we see more people, at least, like I said, statistics, and I'll try and include some in the link to this episode, people buy Call of Duty. And I think that problematically so, because of capitalist tendencies, Companies and developers that want to make money with their games follow in the wake of games like Call of Duty, you know, the Assassin's Creed franchise, which I'm personally a fan of. In the earlier games, you play as an assassin, you're a blade in the dark, you're not trying to kill many people, only your targets. And ideally, that's what happens. You don't kill many people in those games. There's another wonderful game called Dishonored, in which you play as an assassin, but you can legitimately play through this 20 or so hour game without killing anyone. 
and it's fantastic. I think it it's a wonderfully made game because it shows how challenging it might be in that scenario, but that you can do it. And I think that it's phenomenal that you have that option. But more and more, as the Assassin's Creed franchise has continued with iterations every year, you're more a mercenary than anything else. You can fight in the streets. You're less of a silent, sort of stealthy character. And more and more, a just openly combative one. I think that the trend is because games like Call of Duty sell. I think that's interesting. There's also another game series called Splinter Cell, of which I played the first and second And I think as there have also been iterations of that made every few years or so, but from what I've seen through, you know, online reviews and whatnot, the games have gotten much more explosive and less silent and stealthy with a little tranquilizer gun to more explosive with machine guns and more mercenary violence, I guess. Yeah, and I think thinking back on sort of how games are affected in the market, obviously with entertainment, people pay to get certain entertainment and so companies react and follow the money because they're trying to stay afloat. I think that if people are concerned, let's say parents, about what video games their kids are playing, they should consider looking at nonviolent games. There are plenty of pretty peaceful games, or at least interesting games in my opinion, that don't involve combat, at least not in so oblique a way. Maybe Pokemon and games like that still count and so people would find it problematic, but they should consider the implications of these games. I think rating systems are also important. And I think it's really, really problematic when parents are buying their six-year-olds, you know, M-rated games like Grand Theft Auto or others because those children are too young to be exposed to that. But there are certainly options out there. And I think if companies saw that more and more people were straying away from violent games like Call of Duty, they would follow suit and make fewer violent games. But I would also pose the idea, especially to listeners, to think about ways in which violence, especially in games, is complicit but isn't necessarily conceived psychologically as a violent act, something more cathartic and just sort of pressing of buttons to get a certain reaction or outcome on screen, rather than a very calculated maneuver that you as the player are you know, attempting to kill a fictitious character. Maybe people are making an association that isn't always fair. You know, I've certainly read spy novels or other things like that in which death and violence occurs, and I don't feel like people are always so critical of violence in books or other media So I also think perhaps a discussion on how society currently views video games is an important one, but maybe a conversation for another day. One of my closing thoughts, and Hector, I'd love to hear if you have any questions for the audience. I would urge people to think, especially people who don't play video games, to think about what this conversation means in the context of other media, or maybe in people you know that play video games. And if you aren't a gamer, don't consider yourself to be one, consider asking someone who is, what they think about it could lead to an interesting discussion and perhaps educate you about what that culture is like if it is something that concerns you or in any way interests you what do you think i would ask for our audience to think about the implications of violence in increasingly realistic video game settings and furthermore in increasingly realistic video game settings that are placed in some sort of augmented reality for example the oculus rift which may be coming in the near future a new call of duty where you are fully immersed in it and what that really means for us as i don't know species and and i'd be curious as to what people think about that absolutely and so of course if people do have responses or questions where can they reach us you can reach us on twitter at stride and saunter find us on facebook at stride and saunter Our email address is strideandsaunter at gmail.com and visit our website, strideandsaunter.com. 
And of course, as always, we thank you for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off. And this is Hector Marrero, a reference to Duke Nukem. Hail to the king, baby!